Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. It was daylight, and we were getting out of the river. We had spent the night bow fishing. Your traditional fisherman goes into the river at uh, daylight and begins to fish all day. Bow fishermen put in the river at dark and fish till daylight. We were up around the Natchez Trace, and we were walking up the dock to go get the truck and back the big trailer in that would receive the 24-foot pontoon boat that our good friend Daryl Pickle is the captain of. I was walking up the dock with a young man named Drew. Drew's been bow fishing with us since he was eight years old. Now he's 15 or 16. We're walking up, and and as we walked up the dock, we encountered a, a bass fisherman's rig, a custom truck custom trailer he had already come and launched his boat and was out on the river somewhere fishing so no one was there for us to ask any questions we were just admiring this thing when i first laid eyes on it the 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 lyrics of a song from charlie daniels came to my mind uh the guy walks in and says who owns a car with the peace sign the mag wheels and four on the floor well there were no peace signs on this truck but it was decked out it had custom pin striping. It had all the details. The paint job on the truck and the paint job on the trailer matched. All the, the detailing of the paint job was done, and, and the trailer and the truck were identical to one another. As we walked toward the big Ford and its uh, trailer, we were speculating on what the price might be. This young man that is walking with me, uh, he probably used to look up to me. Now he looks down on me. He's uh, probably two feet taller than I am. And he's coming to the harsh realization that he's spending a lot of time with his dad and a bunch of his middle-aged friends. We may not have the cool factor that we once had when this kid was eight. And so as we're talking about this truck, he says, you do know, Mr. Lonnie, that the custom wheels on that truck don't match the custom wheels on the trailer. And I looked, and sure enough, the, the wheels were different. And I said, well, is that a faux pas? He said, no, 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 Mr. Lonnie, that's a Raptor. <laughs> I responded, oh, so the French don't make a truck like that. <laughs> and there you have it. This young man who has grown taller than us and cooler than us who is an aficionado of all things vehicular, has made an honest attempt to keep me from being embarrassed. It was a good-natured attempt to help me out because he thought I didn't know what I was talking about. And yet in his innocence and in his naivete 
And even in his kindness, he failed to realize that he's the one that didn't know what I was talking about. When we teach the crisis intervention classes or the de-escalation skills, we're really trying to impart to our students the importance in conversation or in communication of not making sure that everybody there understands you, but that you make sure that the people there feel like they are understood. In the presentation that we do, one of the slides says that most people in their conversations or in their communication feel like they are unheard, misunderstood, and not accepted. And what we want to do is we want to listen to people in such a way that they feel like they are heard, understood, and accepted. I can remember in the summer of 1996, we were visiting in Des Moines, Iowa. Myself and three young men from my youth group had gone out there with a mission team to help them in some flood relief. The, uh, I think it was the Raccoon River had gotten out and had flooded the area, and we'd gone in to do some relief. We ended up delivering about 70,000 pounds of sheetrock and two tractor trailer loads of uh, mattresses. And we were working some long days and some hard days. But in the evenings, we would sit down around the local uh, park with the kids from the local church, and we would do devotionals and do some activities. Now, you've got to realize that in, in the summer of 96, I was climbing with some guys. They were all young guys from my church youth group, some of the college-age guys, and we were climbing quite regularly. And here we were in the middle of the summer with nothing to climb on. You see, the only thing to climb in Iowa was a corn stalk. And because of the recent flood, the corn wasn't even standing. And so we were bemoaning and lamenting the idea that we're in the middle of the summer and there's nothing to climb. In fact, we would sing a song with the kids. There's a church devotional song, and one of the lines is, Oh, Lord, I need a mountain to climb on, just a quiet place to go and know you're there. And although we weren't probably doing justice to the intent of the song, we sang that probably every night and would look at each other and grin, Oh, Lord, I need a mountain to climb on. There was a guy there from Iowa who was a tree surgeon. And he heard us talking about climbing and he came over to us. And I think it was one day at lunch and he was like, Hey, you guys are, are rock climbers. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we climb some rocks. And then he said, well, I'm a tree climber. And my immediate thought was, well, I climbed trees when I was eight and, but I didn't say that out loud, but he wanted to talk about climbing with us. Now, what you need to understand is that rock climbers climb rocks and we only use the ropes to catch us if we fall. Tree climbers actually climb the rope to get into trees. It's called a single rope technique or a double rope technique. Tree climbers will use hauser-laid ropes. Rock climbers will use a dynamic rope that has a core that is surrounded by a braided sheath called a, a dynamic kern mantle. A tree climber will use mostly steel equipment. Rock climbers, because we're sensitive about weight, will use only aluminum equipment. And a rock climber will wear a very lightweight harness. I personally wear a uh, black diamond bod harness or an alpine bod. And a tree surgeon will wear a very bulky harness that they even call a saddle. A saddle has a floating bridge as opposed to a single tying point. That way they can position themselves in the trees. And we weren't really mean to this guy, and we weren't really rude to him, and, and he wanted to talk about climbing and ropes and knots, and we tolerated it. But really, 
unconsciously or inside our heads. It was, hey, go away, kids. You bother me. But we survived the week in Iowa. We did the things that we were supposed to do. And then we came back to Alabama and started climbing again. In 1998, I had the opportunity to be involved in a project we call the Kill Mountain Project, and we built our first ropes course. Now, a lot of times ropes courses are built on class two utility poles, but we decided to build our course on Kill Mountain in the pre-existing hardwood trees, big oak trees, big hickory trees. And when you start building obstacle course elements 35, 40 feet off the ground in the hardwoods, you learn that some of the things that you use in climbing don't apply. You can't use chocks or batons or expandable cams. The dynamic ropes aren't as friendly to climb because you're actually climbing the ropes to get into the trees. Do you know what I would give to spend another two hours with the tree cutter from Iowa? Do you know what it would be worth to sit down with him and learn the things that I didn't know that I didn't even know? You see, everybody we meet knows something that we don't know and can see something that we can't see. If we're in a conversation and we believe that we're the only person who knows what we're talking about, if we get into a conversation and we believe that the other person has no idea what they're talking about, then we cheat ourselves out of some very good opportunities to learn we miss some very good opportunities to grow. If we'll just in conversation take the time to make sure that the other person is understood rather than trying to make sure that we make everybody understand us, we might really have a good opportunity to listen and to learn and to grow from a different perspective. My very good friend, uh, Aubrey Johnson. Aubrey is a minister in Nashville, Tennessee area at Old Hickory. Uh, he and I have co-authored some books together. and We've collaborated on lots of projects. And every time you end a conversation with Aubrey Johnson, Aubrey Johnson asks the question, what am I missing? He asks that every single time. Aubrey wants to know, is there something here that I need to know that I, I don't know? Is there something here that you need to say that I've not let you say? Is there something here that I don't know that I don't know? I remember watching the uh, little animated film uh, Pocahontas with my daughter. And she sings the song to John Smith about learning the things he never knew he never knew. You see, sometimes we think that somebody's making a grievous error in their judgment. Sometimes we think somebody's making a mistake or doesn't understand something. And if we think that we're the only person who knows what we're talking about, the real faux pas is when we fail to learn the things we never knew. We never knew. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern, 333 feet underground, is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event, takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor 
of Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information, three W's and a dot, eruptyouthrally.com, www.eruptyouthrally.com.